Are you ready to experience the rich interconnection of spirituality, orientation, and identity? If so, plan to attend Liberating Your Divine Identity, a retreat at Unity Village during Pride Month, June 9th to the 12th. This soul-filled retreat is facilitated by LGBTQIA plus Unity Ministers with workshops and ceremonies to cultivate a deeper awareness of our spiritual nature. Register at unityvillage.org forward slash I am divine 2022. Serving spiritual seekers around the world. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. To the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, offering insights and practices for spiritually conscious living today with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien from the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California. To ask questions or join in the discussion, email us at the Yoga Hour at UnityOnlineRadio.org. Now, here's your host, Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. Namaste, reverence to the divine within you. Wherever you are, whatever time of day, whatever location, let this be your yoga hour, your time to return to the awareness of your divine self. I'm Yogacharya O'Brien, and today we're going to be looking at some insights and practices from the sister sciences of yoga and Ayurveda. And uh, take a look at how we can bring more balance into our lives. Ever feel like you're uh, juggling in life the 10,000 things and in the midst of it all trying to find that uh, inner peace that yoga can bring? We're joined today by guest uh, Felicia Tomasco. And uh, she has been studying and practicing Ayurveda since 1993 and teaching yoga since 1997. She has a passion for this integration of yoga and Ayurveda with modern medicine and daily life. She's edited and contributed to numerous books and articles on health, yoga, and Ayurveda and medicine. And since 2002, she has worked at L.A. Yoga and Ayurveda and Health Magazine, and she's currently their editor-in-chief. So I think with that kind of um, job and lots of passion going on, Felicia's going to have some good insights for us about balance in our lives. She's also on the editorial board of Light on Ayurveda Journal, on the board of directors of CAM, the California Association of Ayurvedic Medicine, maintains a private practice in Ayurveda and yoga therapy in Los Angeles and Santa Barbara. Barbara, and teaches Ayurveda and yoga therapy in teacher training programs across the U.S., and she's also going to be um, presenting at the upcoming NAMA, the National Association of Ayurvedic Medicine uh, Conference, and that's, you can find out about that at ayurvedanama.org. 
Welcome, Felicia. I'm glad that you could join me this morning in this conversation. Oh, I'm honored to be here. It's such it's such a pleasure to have the opportunity to speak on your um, on your show and also to be able to speak about these practices and techniques of yoga and Ayurveda. So before we begin, let's just take a moment to practice together. In this moment, let's just breathe, but let's breathe consciously, and as we do, feeling the breath coming into the body, let's associate that breath with returning our attention and awareness to the divine self. As we breathe in, connecting within affirming and knowing that we are whole and complete right now, right where we are. And as we breathe out, just letting go of any stress in this moment, simply being present, breathing in, breathing out. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, just take this moment to consciously breathe. And to remember that at its heart, yoga is returning to the self, returning our attention and awareness to our innate divine nature and becoming aware that one reality exists. It surrounds us and indwells us. And as we connect with that divine truth within us, we do find balance immediately and we can begin to experience and connect with that divine reality in everyone and everything around us so let's do that today take peace with us wherever we go Paramahansa Yogananda said, unless you develop and maintain a balanced nature, intellectually, materially, and spiritually, you're not going to be happy. So it's just useful to think about balance as being a key to happiness in our lives. And uh, I think, you know, most of us are aware of how important balance is. Um, But as I said in, in the opening, you know, We can feel like, at least I can, you know, in my daily life, I feel like a master juggler. You know, there's so many things uh, going on, and uh, yet yoga and Ayurveda are all about balance, really, and help us understand what it is and how to discover it and um, how to recover it. So, Felicia, tell us about your view of balance and um, how we can tell when we have it in our lives? So I think that's a great question. And one of the the things that I often talk about when I teach in terms of balance 
is this. When we consider ourselves, you know, living, breathing, spiritual, physiological, biological beings, balance is not a static or steady state. If you practice yoga and you think about what it feels like to stand on one foot or to literally do a balancing pose, notice what happens with your standing foot. The different muscles in your body are constantly adjusting and readjusting. They're constantly making little movements to maintain the balance for the whole body and even for the mind or for our focus. So balance is a state of constantly adjusting and readjusting. Now that may seem sort of exhausting at first. You know, when, when's the moment that I get to coast down the hill, right? When's the moment that I have done enough practice where it just slides me through for the rest of my life? Well, everything, that we, you know, when you think about that, right? Like, when am I done? Like, do I really have to spend my whole life adjusting and readjusting? And the answer sort of is yes, that balance is dynamic. And part of our ongoing practice in our life, when we consider yoga and all of the practices of yoga, when we consider Ayurveda, we are considering these dynamic practices of everyday life that help us to achieve this, this balance that, that is somewhat ephemeral and dynamic and movable and, and exciting in that way. And, you know, that was really, um, you just expressed that so beautifully, and, you know, it was the kind of a, a, a really important aha moment for me and my journey uh, of yoga and Ayurveda to learn that I wasn't going to, quote, unquote, get there, you know, to just be in this place where I would be, you know, sailing on the stream of sattva forever, that, you know, I, that, you know, life is dynamic and these elements in nature, we call the gunas, are moving all the time and we're moving all the time and, you know, balance is... Um, is the is an awareness it's a tool you know for coming back to ourselves to discover you know the you know this dynamic uh, way of being so it isn't a state and I, I did think that you know when I first started practicing yoga and I was frustrated because I couldn't find it and so you know we can just dispel that right now, um, but I think we can also point out, you know, on the hopeful side of it, that is that even though, you know, this, there, we're, we're dealing with this changing, fluctuating, you know, elements in nature um, that, that affect our body and mind and everything around us, it is possible um, to have a sense of what can we say, you know, dynamic balance within it. So um, it, it, we don't have to have really wild swings. Um, we can sort of hum along um, somewhere, you know, closer to center. So is that true for you? Oh, absolutely. And I think, as you mentioned, there is sometimes this expectation that once we practice yoga or once we practice these techniques that we'll somehow, when we are doing it right, it means that we've entered this magical state of balance without having to do anything or having to change anything. And, and I think it's a very compassionate view to notice that we, the adjusting is, is also part of it. Now, it does get easier, right? We don't swing so far from one side to the other on this quest. You know, it reminds me of, 
of, of toys when I was a kid, right? Weebles wobble, but they don't fall down. And sometimes we wobble a lot, and sometimes we wobble less. I mean, just like the analogy of standing up on one foot or being in a balancing pose, right? Sometimes we fall over right away, and sometimes we're able to stay in the pose for a long time. Or even think about when you're learning to play a sport or like tennis where, you know, you're, you're volleying from one player to another. There are times when you're just learning where maybe you can hit it once or twice before you falter. And then there are times where you're able to go a minute, five minutes, even ten minutes. And, and there's that sense of the sustainability that I think gets easier with repeated practice and with practice over time. Oh, I think that's so true. And there's, there's also the sense of, um, you know, practicing over time and especially as we um, develop a daily meditation practice, um, we're able to, I think, have more spaciousness around this um, experience of being, quote-unquote, in balance, out of balance. So uh, I remember, you know, practicing hatha yoga early on and, you know, whether it was tree pose or whatever kind of balancing pose I was in, um, that there are some days when, you know, it's just so easy and your, your mind is right there and you can focus on one point and the body is steady. And then there are other days, you know, when you come to your practice and you're, you know, you're not aware that there's really anything going on that would have you off balance, yet you just, you know, fall over again and again and again. And um, what I discovered is that there's a switch that happened in me from like, oh, man, you know, I'm so off, I'm not getting this right, too, isn't this interesting? (laughs) And and I think that kind of more spaciousness around, oh, this is interesting, um, is, you know, like how we can bring compassion to, you know, our life, our practice, you know, which is just our little mirror that we look in, you know, for our life, um, that when things are out of balance, you know, we can maybe just say, oh, this is interesting, you know, I wonder what's going on. Well, and I think that attitude of curiosity, right, is something that is spoken about a lot throughout the philosophy of, you know, both yoga and Ayurveda, as well as the attitude of compassion, And one of the things that I find, and and I speak about this a lot when I teach or when I write about these practices, is the importance of compassion. And I think compassion and curiosity are both important components of how we can keep, you know, and maintain and cultivate our own balance. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, they do... Um, both of those attitudes, curiosity and compassion, help us uh, develop, um, well, they're really sattvic qualities, you know, so they help to purify the mind and um, just give us more space um, to see things and, and then to make the necessary adjustments that we need to make. You know, if we find that we're out of balance, you know, either with our schedule, with our emotions, um, with our meditation, with our hatha yoga practice, and we have a really uptight um, feeling and attitude about it, then it just contributes to the problem. So um, that's exactly what is needed, you know, to have a more expansive 
awareness about it and to know, you know, it's, it's just part of life. Absolutely. And I think sometimes when we, again, think about, you know, how we use our bodies in a pose, if we hold ourselves with a great deal of rigidity, it makes it harder to balance. You know, another analogy that we often think about, we look at nature and we think about like a tree, right? A tree that can move with the wind or, you know, a tree that has some malleability, some resilience, you know, these qualities that we think about, you know, can stay up better than a, than a tree that's old or dry or written, not necessarily old, right? Because there are many old trees that stay balanced and upright for, you know, centuries. But where there's an excess of rigidity, right? A tree could fall with the first wind. So, you know, how we are also malleable and resilient, how we can move with whatever is going on around us, those are also components that contribute to our cultivation of balance. That's a beautiful um, thought, you know, just to think about resiliency. And so when we get back from the break, um, Felicia, let's talk about that, you know, how we can um, cultivate in our lives that can help support us um, finding that dynamic balance again and again. I'm Yogacharya O'Brien, and you're listening to the Yoga Hour special guest, Felicia Tomasco, who's editor-in-chief of L.A. Yoga Ayurveda and Health Magazine. She's an Ayurvedic practitioner and yoga therapy teacher, um, and we will be right back with you. If Unity Online Radio has helped you grow spiritually through programs like this one, please consider supporting this online radio programming. Visit www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Thank you for helping us continue to serve as the voice of an awakening world. At Metaphysical Romp 2, we demystify metaphysics to help you live life at a deeper level. One of our key principles is the recognition that you always have the power to choose how you respond to any situation. Instead of asking, why did this happen to me? A better practice, which aligns with the metaphysical principles we share, is to ask yourself the question, how can I use this for good? We promise you'll experience a transformation in thinking that will reap huge dividends as you master the art of living metaphysically. For new perspective and spiritual insight, listen to Metaphysical Romp 2 with co-hosts Rev. Paul Hasselbeck, Rev. Bill Holton, and Rev. Cher Holton. Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Central Time, here on Unity Online Radio. Inspiration only takes a moment. Your friends at Unity invite you to reflect on these words from Rev. Jim Rosemurgy. Pause and take a deep breath. When you are ready, affirm silently to yourself. Sweet, sweet spirit, I desire a closer walk with you. Show me the way. I am listening. Take time now, in the silence, to get in touch with the spiritual guidance within you. 
Have faith that your next step, your unfolding, your spiritual growth, is coming to you in divine order through your spiritual instinct or your spiritual knowingness. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. There is peace. There is quiet. Reverend Paulette's mantra is, It's all a prayer. Tune in every Tuesday as Unity Minister Paulette Pipe leads you in meditation and prayer on touching the stillness. Make no mistake, this is not nap time. With an energy that will captivate you, touching the stillness will guide you in deep meditation, leaving you enlivened. Hear astounding meditations and learn more about different forms of meditation. Enrich your prayer life as Reverend Paulette, Senior Minister of Touching the Stillness Ministries, affirmatively prays with power and authority by taking live prayer requests from callers like you. Whether you have a prayer request for yourself or for a loved one or are ready for a deepened meditation experience, make sure you tune in on Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Central Time, where we'll be joining in consciousness with the unceasing prayer activity of the Silent Unity 24-7 Prayer Ministry at Unity Village. That's Touching the Stillness with Rev. Paulette Pipe every Tuesday right here on Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Letting go in the stillness. You're listening to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. We now return to the Yoga Hour. Welcome back to the Yoga Hour. I'm Yogacharya O'Brien, and I'm joined today by Felicia Tomasco, who is editor-in-chief of L.A. Yoga, Ayurveda, and Health magazine. And um, just want to uh, remind you, those of you who are listening live or in the vicinity of the time when this is live, that um, Felicia's on the board of NAMA, the uh, National Ayurvedic Medical Association, and NAMA has an upcoming conference in Southern California that we're all invited to. I plan to be there myself. It will be April 9 through 12 in Newport Beach, and you can go to Ayurveda NAMA, that's A-Y-U-R-V-E-D-A-N-A-M-A, Dot org and find out more about that conference. You can meet Felicia there. You can you can meet me there. We both look forward to seeing you. So we've been talking about life and balance, and in that first segment, um, Felicia, uh, you ended up with just this beautiful idea of you know tree and resiliency. And um, so I'd like to start there with um, you know what are some of the choices that we can make. Um, in our life every day that could contribute to helping us be more uh, resilient? Well, when, when we think about that, you know, the teachings of Ayurveda tell us that what we do on a daily basis, you know, the, our daily routine and how our daily routine is actually medicine. 
is so important for our balance, for our health, for our vitality, for our wellness. And so there are so many practices of just daily living that Ayurved um, is concerned about or talks about or suggests. And we can think about every day, throughout the day, how we nourish ourselves. Because the truth is, you know, we don't, we don't have to go very far to find things that maybe don't nourish us or maybe threaten to knock us down a bit, you know, whether it's the, the emails coming at us from every direction, maybe it's something that happened with the kids at school, maybe it's the washing machine breaking down, maybe it's the call from the in-laws, maybe it's the jackhammer across the street. You know, we could go on and on. It seems like, you know, we wake up and five minutes later something happens. So the beauty of Ayurved is that it offers us you know, a whole day's worth of practices. And it can sometimes feel overwhelming. We could think, oh, my gosh, I don't have time to do all of these practices any one day. What I usually suggest to people is to look at, you know, what what would be one or two practices that you would find incredibly nourishing? And I like to think about what are our non-negotiable practices of the day? What's an anchor practice? And for me, those kinds of practices change, you know, depending on the seasons, depending on what's going on with me. You know, one of my favorite practices is to start out the day with a cup of hot water with lemon. It helps, you know, stimulate the digestive fire. It helps to move things through us. It's calming. It's soothing. It's very simple. You know, we don't need very much to do it. Another one of my favorite practices completes the day. And in Ayurveda, there's a great love of massage. Massage is calming to the nervous system. And if we massage our feet at night before we go to bed, it is said to be a practice that's grounding. It helps calm the nervous system. It helps allow our body to fall asleep with a greater sense of ease. It helps us let go of anything from the day. On days where I'm spending a lot of time at the computer, sometimes I'll even do, you know, with a little bit of oil, just a full body massage before I get in the shower at night or something that just helps to calm the mind, calm the nervous system. So that's, those are just a few suggestions of many. And, you know, I, I really like um, what you presented, you know, in the sense of understanding that, you know, this is really not complicated. It's, it's, I think, you know, so many of these practices are, are the antidote to the complexity of our daily life. And so, you know, for me, um, you know, so a couple of the non-negotiable practices are, you know, one, I start my day with prayer. Um, you know, before I even get out of bed in the morning, um, I just, when I wake up, there's, um, you know, a, a prayer of, you know, may my eyes see the divine reality everywhere, may my ears, you know, hear the word of God, and, you know, just praying through the whole body, you know, may my feet walk on the path, you know, however you want to think of it, so... That's just a lovely way to connect with the body and mind and essential nature, you know, before you even hit the ground running. And uh, and then, you know, I always I just light a candle at the altar in our home um, before I do anything else. And then, you know, uh, there's time for meditation. And that's my non-negotiable, you know, to meditate every day um, to make sure that I... Uh, have time just to be, because that's the ultimate balancer, isn't it? You know, the, you know, because we we do. It is the Frank Sinatra mantra, isn't it? Dooby dooby doo. So we're just, <laughs> you know, alternating between doing and being all the time. 
And, uh, you know, so the practices that you mentioned of just, you know, a cup of hot water in the morning, a massage, and, you know, what I'm saying, prayer, meditation, they're all ways that we bring our attention and awareness back to being. Well, they are, and I think, you know, what you start the day with does set the tone for the day. So what a beautiful practice to start with prayer, to start with meditation. And in many traditions, you know, it's one of the most potent times to practice. You know, I, I use mantra, right, which is sacred syllable or sacred sound, and I usually go to sleep and wake up with that mantra so that we, you know, I use it to kind of frame the day and to have some sense of positivity, right? You know, have some sense of connection to the divine with whatever our spiritual practice is. And in Ayurveda, there's a strong understanding that our spiritual practice is a necessary and important part of keeping us in a state of balance. You know, whether that relates to fellowship, community, even if we are an atheist, right, that there's that connection to whatever our practice is is important health and wellness and well-being, and having that be a consistent part of our daily routine is important. When you have an anchor, like you described, that holds down the day for you, it's like the anchor of a ship that keeps the ship from drifting too far away from the harbor, right? It's that, that thing that holds us in place, that strengthens that resilience, as it were, and keeps us from wobbling too much. And, you know, as you say, this practice of um, mantra, chanting mantra, um, which, of course, is also part of my practice, that, you know, once we are steady with our practice, you know, what I have found is that, you know, with the purification of the mental field, of the of the physical body, then... Um, can I say this? You know, we are we are we are recalled into the heart of truth by spirit itself, <laughs> and so um, you know, instead of being you know just always at the mental level of our being, you know, out there kind of on our own, identified with thoughts, and um, you know, steeped in that uh, ordinary consciousness. As we have ways, whether it's mantra or prayer, meditation, even hatha yoga, of connecting to the divine self through superconsciousness, then we are actually um, called to awareness by that self itself. <laughs> that that's a mouthful, yes. but it means that you know. In my experience, that recollection, um, returning to balance, happens by itself. Right. It does, because it it is like that sense of the anchor of a ship. You know, we don't have to necessarily sit and think, okay, I'm going to, like, really work hard at balance and struggle to find balance. No, it's that we set up the practice that helps us feel connected to ourselves. And I think that connects us to, well, what does balance feel like? How does how do we know we feel balanced? How do we know when that occurs? And, and I think that looks a little different for each person, but it's related to feeling a sense of ease, right? I think it's related to feeling that sense of, you know, what in the Yoga Sutras, um, Patanjali refers to as stira and sukha, right? That steadiness, that ease, that sweetness of life. When we experience that, even for a moment, 
we're tasting what the dish of balance tastes like. And the practice, you know, in that moment when you are praying, in that moment when you are sipping the hot water, in that moment when you are on the mat, in that moment of complete absorption, we are dropping the anchor and feeling that sense of ease. And that creates a tone for the rest of our day so that when the washing machine breaks and when the kids' school calls and when the jackhammer across the street begins, we have that anchor that settles our own state of being. That is such an inspired way to think of it, Felicia's beautiful description Thank you. And as I was listening to you um, describe, you know, this ability that we have to sort of drop anchor, you know, into the into the self, the capital S self, um, and then just I could just sort of see it, you know, in my mind. I was kind of moving through the day dynamically, but there's this um, center point that uh, that we are anchored in and connected to, and and somehow. Um, Somehow this this memory, this vision of this uh, delightful Swami I met at one time, <laughs> we were having a conversation and something just, you know, uh, potentially disturbing came up and he laughed and laughed and he said, it's all God. And uh, so it, it just had me think about, you know, how part of our balance is also maintaining that sort of divine sense of humor about it all, you know? Uh, And I think the sense of humor goes with the curiosity and compassion that we were speaking of earlier. It does. And, you know, I was was working with a friend the other day on a project, and, you know, there were so many things going on in her life, you know, her... She had to take her husband to the emergency. You know, he was okay, but that was going on and, you know, meetings and deadlines. And, and then, you know, she wrote me a little note and said, you know, it wouldn't be complete without the washing machine breaking and the kitchen flooding. And so, you know, you just, you, you, you kind of have to have that, be able to step back and say, you know, okay, uh, I'm going to return to my anchor in the midst of all of these things going on. Um, and so when we come back from the break, let's talk more about balanced living today. And um, I'm really curious, since you're there in L.A., which is such a uh, heartbeat place for, for yoga and Ayurveda in the, in the U.S., and so I'm sort of interested to know more about what you see and how yoga is uh, developing there. And so we'll, we'll talk about that when we get back from the break. Uh, you're listening to the Yoga Hour. I'm Yogacharya O'Brien, and today we're talking with Felicia Tomasco, who is editor-in-chief of LA Yoga, Ayurveda, and Health Magazine. She's uh, in private practice as a practitioner, teacher of Ayurveda, and yoga therapy. She's going to be presenting at the um, upcoming NAMA conference. You can find out about that at ayurvedanama.org, and we'll be right back with you in just a moment. Reverend Paulette Pipe's voice has been called mesmerizing, the sound of spirit expressing in soothing honey tones. If you're one of the loyal listeners who tune in each week for her program, Touching the Stillness, you already know the power of her meditations. 
If her programs leave you wanting more, purchase one or both of her meditation CDs, Touching the Stillness, her first CD, and the newly released Resting in Stillness. This latest CD combines Paulette's alchemic voice with an original score by pianist Kelly Hunt and will transport you to a place of divine peace. Enliven your meditations with Reverend Paulette Pipe as your guide and take her soothing voice and peaceful presence with you wherever you go. Get your copy today. Go to www.unity.org and then click on Shop. That's www.unity.org and click on Shop at the top of the page. Inspiration only takes a moment. Reverend Dr. Thomas Shepard shares this from his book, Good Questions. We are here to learn, grow, experience, savor, exalt, cherish, create, and to use our connection with that mind to make safe decisions. We are here to share, to be fruitful, and to multiply the good over and over again. Centering on the divine within, we become still and realize that whatever happens, we are still one with God. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. As we examine what it means to be sacred activists in service of compassion and justice, we may find ourselves asking, how do we become a sacred activist? Institute for Sacred Activism founder Andrew Harvey says, follow your heartbreak. His advice echoes Gandhi, who once said, whenever you are in doubt, apply the following test. Recall the face of the poorest and the weakest person whom you may have seen and ask yourself if the step you contemplate is going to be of any use to them. Will they gain anything by it? Will it restore them to a control over their own life and destiny? So whenever in doubt about the direction of your life, just ask yourself, what breaks my heart? Whose suffering is simply too much to bear? And then commit your life to alleviate it. Don't turn your face away from the pain and injustice that is so prevalent in our world. Courageously bear witness to it, and in prayer, dedicate your life to healing it. Gain more spiritual insight. Listen to Radical Spirituality and Sacred Activism with Adam Bucko, Mondays at 4 p.m. Central Time, here on Unity Online Radio. Listening to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. If you have a question, please submit it via email 
at the Yoga Hour at UnityOnlineRadio.org, and we will respond. Now, back to the Yoga Hour. Welcome back to the Yoga Hour, our time to open our hearts and our minds to the infinite. I'm uh, talking with Felicia Tomasco today, and we've been looking at what it is to have balance in our lives. And, um, you know, talked about balance, of course, not being a static state, you know, something that we achieve um, that just is stagnant and permanent. But it's it's a dynamic way of living in which the tools of yoga and Arvade um, are, are really supportive. And uh, I want to read a quote by my guru, Roy Jean Davis, about um, balance. He says, while learning and applying various practical procedures for mind-body-constitution balance, it's important to remember that our spiritual awareness is the primary determining factor in the process. When spiritually awake, we are spontaneously inclined to live constructively and to do what is most beneficial. Should a challenge then be present, we will quickly act to restore order and balance in every aspect of our lives. So, Felicia, we've really been talking about that, I think, throughout the whole program and in terms of how we settle in um, to this conscious awareness of our essential nature and um, and then let that light, you know, shine uh, throughout our day. Um, you're in L.A. and involved with um, yoga in that area of California, which is, you know, it's sort of known for the um, blossoming of yoga. And, and, of course, in our tradition, you know, we, we think of it so fondly because that's where Paramahansa Yogananda landed and uh, set up his headquarters there in Southern California. What have you observed over the years regarding, you know, trends in, in, in L.A.? area with regard to yoga? Well, speaking specifically about L.A., and I think sometimes people have a certain kind of vision of of what L.A. is like, and L.A. is a very paradoxical place, right, where there's a lot of creativity and there's a lot of pressure and there's a lot of busyness and there's a lot of traffic and there's a lot of nature and there's a lot of beauty. And I, I have the great fortune, I live in Santa Monica, so I'm not very far from um, Yogananda's Lake Shrine. Mm-hmm. Um, Pacific Palisades, which is a you know lovely piece of property that that he obtained when he was still alive, and it would be where he would often meditate. And it's a small little oasis with a lake, as as you would imagine from the name Lake Shrine, and a meditation hall, and a temple, and swans, and you know a very beautiful um, garden. And there are these places there that that offer a some some measure of solace and also some measure of community where people can come together and pray and meditate and practice and inspire each other. And so what I've noticed in Los Angeles is there are these great pockets of inspiration and there are these great pockets of community. And I think something that I've noticed in Los Angeles and in the world in general right now is if you think about it, there are more people that practice yoga now than there have been at any other time in history. You know, at this point in time, because of people like Paramahansa Yogananda and and many, many others, like your teacher, Roy Eugene Davis, who has such a beautiful way of explaining the teachings, you know, many pioneers and people who have shared 
teachings and practices that were once very secret. You know, we live in a time that has a great deal of challenges in terms of maintaining balance, as we well know. But we also live in a time where these teachings are more accessible than they've ever been. And I think that we see these teachings being incorporated in so many different ways. And some people get very concerned about the purity of yoga practice and can it be maintained. And what I think is that, you know, yoga practice, there's nothing that we can do to yoga to somehow mess up the purity of it. And that people who find yoga and fall in love with it will continue to dig deeper and deeper and find the teachings that we know to be there, the teachings that offer not only a means of self-realization and a means of connecting to spirit, but simply a means of mastering everyday life, simply a means of building our own resilience. And so that's what I've noticed is that, you know, just even in the time that I've been involved with LA Yoga, Ayurveda, and Health Magazine since 2002, since the magazine first started publishing, the number of people who have been practicing yoga and the mainstreaming of it and the acceptance of it has increased so much. The number of places, the number of studios that offer not only yoga practices and asana, but the yoga practices that are subtler, meditation, pranayama, all of these other you know, things, philosophy, all of these are increasing. And so I think we live in exciting times where the availability and the accessibility of these practices offer us the very means to deal with the pressures of modern life. That is so true. And, you know, it it is um, a beautiful conjunction, you know, between the need um, for what yoga can offer, you know, has become really strong. And as you say, you know, now there are more people than ever who are practicing. And I totally agree with you, Felicia, that, you know, from my perspective, it doesn't really matter how someone comes in the door of yoga practice um, because, you know, ultimately that, that connection with the divine self is discovered and, you know, people find their way. Um, and so uh, I, I think whether you come in the door of Hatha Yoga or whether you go to an Ayurvedic practitioner because you're looking, you know, to find uh, uh, health or healing, it doesn't really matter because then, um, you know, you be, your life comes into balance. <laughs> and when that happens, then uh, it's possible to reconnect with the divine self. You know, we have the same kind of atmosphere. Uh, our center in San Jose is in, you know, the heart of Silicon Valley. And yet our our center is in the Rose Garden area of San Jose. And even though we're down, you know, in the city, it, it is an oasis of peace. You you walk, you know, through the walls of the ashram and you don't even know uh, that you're in the city anymore. You know, you've just entered this oasis of peace. So there are little places like that um, everywhere we go, and that's a great blessing. And so I think the upcoming Arveda NAMA conference is going to be such an oasis. I just want to mention again to our listeners, uh, if you're listening to this podcast in real time in the vicinity of the conference, that it will be April 9 through 12, 2015 in Newport Beach. And uh, you can go to the website, ayurvedanama.org. So, Felicia, I'm going to give the last word to you um, today um, for how what you would like to say, any uh, inspiration about yoga, Ayurveda, and balance 
um, that you would like to share with our listeners as we um, head towards concluding our conversation here? Well, I just want to take a moment and recap this idea of curiosity, compassion, and humor, you know, these things that we were talking about earlier, because sometimes we can take our quest for balance very seriously. And I think it's important to step back, and I think it's important to have a sense of compassionate self-awareness and compassionate search for the truth, right? We can be just as hard on ourselves in our practice and in our quest for balance as we can with other things, and to smile and to laugh a little bit and to not be so tough on ourselves when we fall over and to dust ourselves off and pick ourselves back up again and to do the, do so with joy, that too is balance. It's so what a gift. And you're a gift, Felicia. It's lovely to meet you and connect with you. Um, and, you know, you really have just kind of led us also into our program next week on the Yoga Hour. We're blessed to have um, poet, storyteller, and spiritual teacher Mark Nepo back with us. Um, and he and I are going to be talking about the role of poetry on the spiritual path. And um, his last book of poetry was called Reduced to Joy. <laughs> and uh, uh-huh. it really... It really came out of his journey of compassionate self-awareness, you know, just as you said. So I invite you all to be back with us next week on the Yoga Hour. Remember to visit us at csecenter.org. We have a class on the Yoga Sutra in process right now. You can still sign up for it and participate online. Go to csecenter.org. I look forward to being with you next week. And uh, remember, until then, to breathe, to smile, as Felicia advised, and to let your inner light shine into the world. Share your peace and your joy with everyone that you meet. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. Join us every Thursday morning at 10 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Pacific for practical, purposeful methods for spiritually conscious living every day. The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. This program is brought to you in part by friends and members of the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California a ministry in the tradition of Kriya Yoga, the ancient science of self and God realization. www.csecenter.org Request free literature by writing info at csecenter.org Just like life, grief is a journey, not a destination. Whether it is loss of life, relationship, security, or simply the process of change, have you given yourself permission to begin your journey of grief? Have you yielded to the gift of grace? 
Join Reverend Chaz Wesley every Thursday at 5 p.m. Central on a virtual navigation from grief to grace and explore new horizons of empowerment, significance, and support only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Repeat the words, God is taking care of it, and it will become clear that you are the channel and that God is the doer of good works through you. This meditative moment, adapted from Mary Cupferly's God Will See You Through, is brought to you by Unity. What is the key to happiness? Would you like to find the fountain of youth? How about all the money and love that you could handle? Well, my friends, it is there for you. You just need to strip off the false beliefs that keep your divine inheritance from being attracted into your life. You need to be real. Be vulnerable. Be naked. What are you waiting for? Let's get naked. This transformational program with Reverend Heidi Alfrey is an invitation to explore and remove the blocks that keep you from emotional freedom. Listen to Heidi and her revealing guests as they embrace the power of spiritual nakedness as a guaranteed way to live an authentic and transparent life. Expose yourself to your greatness on Mondays at 3 p.m. Central Time. Let's get naked. No dress code required. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. You gotta get rid of your butt. It's bigger than it would appear. It hinders your forward movement when you keep bringing up the rear. In his new book, What If Godzilla Just Wanted a Hug?, Daryl Fuzaro emphasizes the positive effects of applying unity principles in everyday situations. Laura Harvey, editor of Daily Word magazine, exclaims Daryl Fuzaro shares his life lessons with inspiring creativity. This book is encouraging, funny, and heartwarming, a combination I highly recommend. As co-host of Unity Online Radio's Funniest Thing with Daryl and Ed, Daryl's old-school charm and no-nonsense approach to spirituality keep a global audience laughing and inspired. What If Godzilla Just Wanted a Hug? is loaded with Daryl's hilarious, award-winning illustrations and packs his wit and wisdom into easy-to-digest, bite-sized stories of how he transforms chaos into tranquility and succeeds in the entertainment business by doing the opposite of everyone else. What If Godzilla Just Wanted a Hug is a pocket Bible encouraging the talented and timid to trust their gut, act on their intuition, and step out boldly. Even if you just bought it for the chapter titles and Daryl Fuzaro's illustrations alone, you'd be getting more than your money's worth with this book. Author and film critic Sister Rose Pucati says, Spending time with Fuzaro's stories will leave you no choice but to smile and carry on. 
Oh, he forgot to mention he hangs out with a group of nuns, but then, if he had, it would have necessitated a change to some of his more colorful adjectives. Have fun ordering your copy of What If Godzilla Just Wanted a Hug today on Amazon.com. Inspiration only takes a moment. We invite you to focus your attention inward with these words from Elizabeth Searle Lamb. This is a new day. Lead your conscious mind to that still haven of your soul where your indwelling Christ opens wide the doorway of your heart. At once, mind, soul, and body, you are flooded with the light and love of God. You are lifted high above this earthly plane and filled with the radiance of spirit. Send this love and light on to those whom you hold dear so that it may uplift, heal, and comfort them. As you send this radiance on, you are filled with a new sense of God's power, and you release this power to the whole world to uplift, guide, and bless all people. A day's tasks await you, but God is with you, and with God's help, all shall be done perfectly. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. Somewhere, tucked away in the Unity Library archives in Unity Village, Missouri, you can find a secret treasure. They are the scripts from Unity co-founder Charles Fillmore's early days on broadcast radio. The teachings of Unity's founders, almost a hundred years old. Now, for the first time in history, you can hear them through the power of the Internet. Join Bob Brock every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, for Unity Classic Radio, Words from Our Past. Discover the wisdom of Charles Fillmore's talks and of other Unity Radio speakers read on the air again. Call in your comments and questions as Bob and his special guests revisit Unity Radio Talks of the past, along with historical background from the early days of the Unity movement. That's Unity Classic Radio, words from our past, every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Are you ready to experience the rich interconnection of spirituality, orientation, and identity? If so, plan to attend Liberating Your Divine Identity, a retreat at Unity Village during Pride Month, June 9th to the 12th. This soul-filled retreat is facilitated by LGBTQIA plus Unity ministers with workshops and ceremonies to cultivate a deeper awareness of our spiritual nature. Register at unityvillage.org forward slash divine 2022 